Hello and welcome to MedEd Soundbite, a new podcast series from your friendly SAEM Education Committee, based on Dr. Rob Rogers' book, Practical Teaching in Emergency Medicine. I am Carmen J. Martinez, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Caroline Mullins, and our guest speaker today is Dr. Susan Promet. She's a professor and chair of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Fed State University, Hershey Medical Center. She has received numerous awards and honors from excellence in teaching, leadership, and service. Most recently, she received the 2020 Hal Jane Excellence in Education Award. We are really excited to have her here with us today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here as well. Thank you, Dr. Promise. So this is the fourth edition of our podcast. And today we're going to talk, you guessed it, teaching in the clinical setting. So where do we really even begin? How about we talk a bit about the learners and their environment? Who's your learner? Do you have an emergency medicine residence with you as a learner? What year are they in? Well, but what if they're not an emergency medicine resident? Maybe it's a medical student in their third or their fourth year, or even an off-service resident from family medicine, internal medicine, or surgery. A learner's perspective or pre-selected specialty and their focus can sometimes limit and broaden their patient population. So, so Dr. Promise, what can you think of are some important things to know about the different types of learners that come to us in the emergency department? That's an excellent question. You know, you really do need to know who the learners are that you'll be teaching for the day. Are they emergency medicine residents? Are they residents from another specialty? Are they medical students? But not only that, you need to know what their past experiences are. Were they an EMT? Were they a nurse? Were they a scribe in the emergency department? Understanding where your learner's coming from helps shape what that educational opportunity will look like for them during their time with you in the emergency department. Definitely, Dr. Promise. It is definitely important to get to know your learner first and see if they pass that three in the morning test. But it's also important to ask if they understand the emergency department environment. So, Dr. Promise, what are your thoughts and what does that mean to you? You know, working in an outpatient setting in a clinic in a very controlled environment is uniquely different than what we see in the emergency department. So making sure that the learner understands our environment, and more importantly, as the educators, that we put our learners into scenarios that they're going to be able to be successful. So a brand new medical student, we don't want to put in the resuscitation bay and expect them to succeed. So balancing those things and identifying the right environment for the learner is really important and something we as educators have complete control over to make sure that our learners are successful in their endeavors in the emergency department. So I agree, right? The ED is a unique place to work, and it's even more unique and very interesting place to learn. So sometimes I think about it, because I'm a night provider, that it really depends on the day of the week and the time of the day that can even change how you teach. I know that at my residency, if I worked an early morning shift or a night shift, you know, you'll have more time to teach with the learner. But if you're on the mid shift and it's six o'clock in the evening, it is hard sometimes to really teach. And you can even have some limited time 
to teach and then you have to use other techniques. Yeah, I think you really need to think of timing of teaching and timing could be day of the week, time of the day, but really more importantly is, is now the right time that you can spend having a prolonged discussion with a learner versus it's really busy and you're not going to be able to do that right now. Yet when you have some downtime, that's when you can use different learning or teaching techniques. For example, maybe you'll review a bunch of EKGs when you have some slow time. But if it's really busy, that is not going to be the time, even if it's in the middle of the night, right, that you can just pause and spend inordinate amount of time with a learner. So you really have to be focused on your teaching and what it is you plan to accomplish. I completely agree with you, Dr. Promise. There are days in which I'm frequently adapting and adjusting to a flexible teaching style, flexible to be about your learners and to be able to meet the needs of the environment that I'm at the moment. That leads us into talking about setting teaching expectations. Setting the expectations at the beginning allows for both the learner and the educator to aim to be successful. Okay, so let's narrow down for our listeners, right? Who our learner is for our next example. So let's say our learner is a fourth year medical student who is interested in emergency medicine and their primary clerkship, which is at your ED, is their home site. Dr. Promise, what are some ways to set these expectations? I'd start first with what really are the goals and objectives for the rotation. So typically, each medical school sets those standards along with the clerkship director for emergency medicine. So you want to know what the goals and objectives are, be transparent with the learners about what the expectations are, and then try to work with your learner to understand what they would like to learn that particular day, which is in alignment with those things. So, hey, what would you like to work on today? Or, gee, I'm not sure what I want to do. And then that's your job as the faculty member to help direct them for something that will help them succeed in the emergency medicine rotation. Yeah, Dr. Promise, those are fantastic ways for setting the stage. Sometimes I find it helpful in developing realistic expectations of your learner to ask if, have they ever seen a patient with that type of pathology or illness? Or are they really comfortable doing that part of the physical exam? Are they knowledgeable about the procedure they're about to do? So I think you guys are talking about some just real big stuff, right? So it's a great primer to us to talk about general teaching concepts rather than small little points and, and using broad strokes and teaching these general concepts. I think that teaching general concepts like focusing on the ED approach to chest pain or a particular chief complaint is important to teach these learners. It emphasizes teaching about the ED is like rule out the worst case scenario approach rather than one particular attendings approach to this. So approach to these large clinical scenarios. So I'm a visual person and I find it particularly helpful to place in a diagram my thought process as I'm discussing the case. You know, I can use it either a piece of paper that I got from the future, a post-it. I even have a small whiteboard with me in my bag to provide an additional visual learning. So, I mean, you bring a great point. You know, with the challenges that we have in the ED, 
Dr. Thomas, what are some types of engaging teaching techniques that you would recommend? Or even better, what are your go-to teaching techniques? Yeah, I'll start first with kind of big picture teaching techniques, because I think somebody that's a new faculty member and doing clinical teaching, it's nice to have a framework to work from. And I think probably the most commonly used or at least taught framework is the one-minute preceptor model. I really like that one because it really helps you work with a learner kind of at their level. It's called the one-minute preceptor model or even one-minute micro-skills. And it starts with getting a commitment from the learner. So you have a learner go in to see a patient. They come out, they present the case to you. And it's really hard, especially for medical students, to come up with, yeah, I think this is what's wrong. And so you really want to get the learner to get a commitment out of them, then probe for supporting evidence around what's going on, what's their clinical reasoning, so you can understand where their gap is. Which brings me to the next part of the clinical preceptor model is really teaching general rules. And I think, Dr. Molines, you commented on that earlier. So don't teach too much. Give them one pearl to remember and then reinforce what they did well in their presentation and then correct any mistakes. So that's my kind of go-to definitely for teaching new people on being a clinical teacher. Another one that I really like is SPIT. It's great to use with junior learners, whether it's a medical student or first-year junior resident. And that's to get people to help them develop a differential diagnosis. So when you're talking about SPIT, S stands for serious. What are the serious things that can cause this person's complaint or condition? P is for probable. What is the probable etiology of what's going on? I for interesting. And then T for treatable. So those are some easy frameworks to use when you're working with learners. The other things that one might think of is, you know, have a set of EKGs available that you could use. So you could go through different arrhythmias, talk about why the arrhythmia is there. How do you treat the arrhythmias? You know, we're really lucky now that we have the internet and there's lots of tools at your fingertips that you could use to teach in the moment. There may be articles that you have. There could be drawings that are available. There are guidelines that you can refer learners to. So there's many different opportunities we have to engage with our learners. I think it's endless, really. So one of our mentors, Dr. Van Brown, loved the one-minute perceptor and even finished a lot of his emails as a reminder as the best teaching technique. So what are some common challenges and pitfalls that you think we face as educators? Yeah, I think the biggest one we face is really balancing the ED flow with teaching. We work in busy emergency departments and making time and prioritizing teaching is really important. Another common pitfall is all about how much you teach. So either teaching too much or being too specific. 
really being able to prioritize how much of leeway you give your learners before you as the faculty member step in to help is important. And then I think a couple other things would be, you know, where and when you give feedback. Praise people in public, give feedback in private, and that can be really hard in the emergency department because you're just quickly kind of moving along. And then lastly, and I think this is the biggest challenge for our learners, is when are you teaching them evidence-based approach or frankly what you personally like to do? So lots of challenges in our environment, but I think that's what makes it all the more fun. Dr. Promise, you have given us so many valuable points for us to learn about. And just to summarize, based on your experience and how much have you interacted with different learners and educators throughout your careers, what will be some word of wisdom that you will give to educators out there? Yeah, I think from my perspective, you got to start with expectations of learners. Be clear what you expect of them and frankly, probably what they expect of you and that interchange. Diagnose your learners. Get to know them just like we diagnose a patient. What is it that they need help with? Make sure you set up an environment where the learners can be successful and that your teaching can be successful. Make sure that you give feedback to the learners so you can direct them to improve. And then most importantly, take a moment to reflect on your role as a teacher and what went well and what you need to work on to continue to be better in that role. Well, Dr. Promise, these are just amazing things. And I mean, we could talk on forever, but I want to first thank you for being part of our guest host and a special thanks to our listeners out there this wraps up episode four of MedEd Soundbites. Thanks again to our guest host, Dr. Promise. But for now, this is Carolyn Mullings and Carmen Martinez, and we're sounding off. Bye, everyone. Bye.